This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. One. One. Eight stories to get your day going. We call it the Ocho. Let's start with the Rockets. They lose last night. To the New Orleans Pelicans, coming off a Rockets coming off a nice win against the Lakers, followed up with a disappointing loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, one ten to ninety nine. The final score in this game, and we're starting to see it, Seth, with with teams um, realizing at least the Pelicans did last night. Uh, Alperin Shangun is the head of the snake. You throw bodies at him, you make sure you shut him down. Jalen Green can go get his thirty two points over here, but if you if you if you lock down Alperin Shangun, you kind of lock down the Rockets. Yeah, they, they 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 just threw multiple bodies at him and did everything they could to, to limit him. Um, Saints, uh, the Saints coach. I got Mike Evans on my brain. I apologize. Um, but the the Pelicans afterwards were talking about how Shangun's been playing at a, an All Star level, and that's that's uh, how you're going to treat him. Yeah. The, if the Rockets could just hit a damn shot, the fourth quarter especially, they went like zero for nine to start off the fourth quarter. Yeah, they couldn't was, shoot. They, they pulled within two in the third quarter, and then just it, it was one of those. Uh, kind of a mirage of a comeback, and all of a sudden everything went back to where where it had been in the fourth quarter. When we talked about the game earlier in headlines, someone texted in like, um, you guys missed the fact that Jabari Smith Jr. was trash last night. Like, yeah, no, he was. He was yeah. a goose egg. He was 0 for 6. They pulled him at one point in the game and put in Aaron Holiday, who also goose egged last night. So, yeah, no, they're... We're not blaming Shangun for the loss. I think more than anything else, I look at it like, okay, we got one of those guys now. You know, we got one of those guys that feel like teams are like, okay... Uh, this guy, this guy can hurt us, man. He's a yeah, really, yeah. really good it's basketball how, it's, player. Uh, yeah, and it's like that's the classic battle now is for him to just figure out how to take that next step in in understanding when they're kind of like Andre the Giant in A Princess Bride, mm-hmm. which you've never seen, but he points out that uh, in some ways, like it's it's a different strategy when you're fighting a mob versus one single person. Yes, so like you can be good at fighting a single person, but not know how to fight the mob. Or vice versa. Sometimes right. you get so good at fighting the mob that you struggle versus a single person. Uh, Shane Goon is at that point now where, oh, he's Andre the Giant. He's going to have to learn how to fight a mob. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Two. Uh, Seattle has found a head coach. So we're down to one head coaching hire left. Uh, and that's the Washington Commanders. Seattle is hiring Mike McDonald, the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, who becomes the youngest coach in the NFL. Ripping the title from Sean McVay, who, as you pointed out, Seth, had had that title for about five years now. Yeah, since he was hired and was like so incredibly young. Hired by the Rams back in 2016 or 2017, whatever it was. They had to do a puberty test on Sean McVay before he was allowed to coach. He still NFL. sounds like he's in puberty. He's got kind of that high voice like this, Sean McVay he does. does. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I was listening to him yesterday because he's uh, the Flying Coach, his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually really good. He's, it's, it's a good it's pod. Really good. It's a yeah, good pod. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDonald, 36 years old. Rising star. I mean, it's rising star, duh. He's a head coach. But he was really good in his time in Baltimore as the defensive coordinator. Excellent in Michigan, at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. So this is a guy. He's a, he's a Harbaugh. He, he is a part of the Harbaugh tree. Tell you what. I mean, so far, he's a C.J. Stroud killer, too. He's a 3-0 uh, yeah. against C.J. Stroud. He can go take that crap to the AFC, uh, NFC West. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, good keep, point. Keep out of this Actually, that's not a bad angle because the Texans play the Ravens next year. You get Mike yeah, McDonald the yeah. hell out of the building. That's a good <laughs> angle. Mean, look, that defense was good against everybody. It's not, it's, um, But for whatever it's worth, he's faced C.J. Stroud both as the defensive coordinator at Michigan and uh, also the Baltimore Ravens. Three. Let's talk real quick about the Washington side of this, Seth, because you brought this up earlier. I've not been as dialed in as you have on the Washington side of things here, but you had mentioned earlier that people are freaking out a bit in Washington right now over this. I mean, they're the last man standing yeah. in terms of just not having a hire, and they're wondering if, okay, are, from what I saw yesterday, which I, like, I'm gleaning from social media and columnists, yeah. the, the most negative of all people, but I think understandably people in Washington are starting to freak out and say, all right, you haven't hired anybody. We're already, we've been one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the NFL for going on decades now. What has changed? How are we any different now? And are teams actively pushing us, pushing themselves away from the Washington Commanders? I think some of it was because of Mike, uh, Mike Lombardi went on the Pat McAfee show and it was a curious take in my opinion, but I think people in Washington are so beaten down that they ran with it. Mike's point was, hey, Belichick's rumored to be a person of interest to all these other teams in the NFC East next year. Like, like the, the Cowboys might want to hire Belichick, and yet Washington's not even uh, looking at him. What gives? Like, I, 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 like are we really doing this? Yeah. Like, rumored? Like, they could have hired him this year. If right. Belichick were so sought after, they could have fired Mike McCarthy this year, you know? Yeah, a lot of people it's think they should have. You could have fired Nick Sirianni this year. Yep. Like I'm not, I'm not taking rumors about them potentially being interested in somebody in the future and acting like, well, Washington's dumb for not hiring a guy who's currently unemployed. Yeah, yeah. That's Nobody the, else wants to. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's not like he's up for six other jobs right now. You know what it Belichick. feels like? It felt like when people in Houston, because they were so tired of the Texans' kind of dysfunction, they were upset that the Texans weren't signing Earl Thomas. Yeah, and then meanwhile, like you look in a month later, nobody has signed Earl Thomas. Yeah, you know, like stop complaining about not signing Earl Thomas. Nobody wanted Earl Thomas at that point. Likewise, like for whatever reason, nobody wants Bill Belichick right, right now. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Texan fans a pass on the Earl Thomas thing. It was during yeah. COVID, and the Texans were zero and three at the time. Panic yeah. was panic was afoot. But your point remains. It's a good point. But it I was guess. remember Earl Thomas was going through some stuff. He, it was dude. weird. He'd been voted off the team. <laughs> In Baltimore, they held a players-only meeting and voted him off the team. Dude, in Baltimore, where they've got a pretty high tolerance for, you know, yeah, I'm not saying like criminal yeah. behavior, but like that's a that's a locker room where you bring in some guys because you've got a ton of leadership in that building there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Washington, last man standing. I think the Texans were the last ones to hire their coach during the. God, it might have been during the Lovey and the Cully cycles. The Texans were pretty late to the game. So each of the I times mean, yeah, hired coaches. Well, I think that's. I understand Washington fans freaking out about yeah, it. I yeah. guess, um, it, like, they need to be. You know what I saw was a lot of people saying that, like, well, look at Josh uh, Harris, right, the owner. Yes, Josh Harris. Um, 
people, because uh, you know, he owns the Sixers and he owns the New Jersey Devils, and they're saying that the fans hate him as the owner of those teams. I hadn't gotten the impression that fans hated him as the owner I don't owner think of those that's teams. the case. I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. My intel, my intel for both those teams comes through, a, comes through a source that would not be speaking ill of the owner, probably. So I, but I, How long has he owned the Sixers? Back through the begin, like he bought them back when they were going through the process. You know the yeah. That's the the. I guess that's the the one thing that's been a herky jerky process. The process, the yeah. process. Ironically enough, has been a herky jerky. And it hasn't worked. You know, so maybe yeah. that's part of it yeah. too. Um, all right, four. four. Uh, ticket prices for the Super Bowl. This popped on my radar screen this morning because I'm looking at our text page, which occasionally gets dribs and drabs of text from Kansas City. Because they're also 6'10 up there. For whatever reason, Kansas City people text our show. And I could tell the cost of the tickets was a big topic because there were people complaining about $8,000 tickets to the game. Ticket prices for this year's Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the Niners, according to this article, might even make billionaire Taylor Swift blush. The current get-in price, so the cheapest ticket for the game this year, is $8,188, according to... This article on CNN.com, which is more than 50% more expensive than the cheapest ticket price for last year's Super Bowl when it was just under $6,000. So over $8,000 is, if you want to be in the building, Seth, over eight grand. I was talking about this with some some folks up here yesterday, some of our coworkers, some of whom are Chiefs fans, and I can't even imagine... I can't imagine paying eight grand to go to a sporting event. I sure as hell can't imagine going to eight grand, paying eight grand to go to a sporting event and then having my team lose. <laughs> like that would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? That's true. Like, Think about how many games you could go to, big moments. <laughs> you you're watching a conference championship game at home or something that you win. For the next like, five that's a, years. That's a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Eight and grand. especially and well, but even if your team wins too, even though they're you're, you're there to see it, it's not necessarily the same feeling. It's not even as good a feeling as being in the extreme minority of, like, the visiting fans. Yeah. Like, if you go on the road to a conference championship game and your team wins, then it's kind of fun to be the hated one. Yes. Um, but at the Super Bowl, it's a whole lot of super rich people that are kind of, uh, they're, they're microdosing their LSD. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're on their Blackberries. I don't know what rich people do, Sean. And uh, they're not even really paying attention to the game. I don't either. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just, I only rub elbows with them. I'm not one of them. Um, real quick, I like the I like the vision of the BlackBerry. <laughs> looking for I miss the BlackBerry. I'm dude. I miss I miss, I miss the, a hard I miss the an keys. actual hardware keyboard. I do yeah. too, man. Big time all the time. Um, real quick, the previous most expensive get in price to get into a Super Bowl was actually the one between these two teams back in 2020, six thousand three hundred and seventy bucks to get into the previous matchup between the Chiefs and the Niners. How much is that of that is driven up by the extreme wealth of a lot of the Silicon Valley bunch? Good. Like what Philadelphia Warriors have the same effect. It's yeah. not it's not just that like there's plenty of rich cities, but I feel like in San Francisco it's it's rich tech money, which is a different level and also maybe a different willingness to spend on experiences yeah. than fine art or anything like that. And you, you, only need, you only need so many of them. You know what I mean? It's not like you need a million of them. You just need enough to you know, buy yeah. 30,000 To really drive to the price game. up, to, right. to reduce demand. Yeah. Yep. Or yep. I mean, increase demand. Yep. Five. Five. Uh, Cam Newton was on his uh, podcast, and we know that several weeks ago Cam Newton listed off a bunch of quarterbacks that he thinks are just game managers. Dak Prescott was one of them. Brock Purdy was one of them. And Brock Purdy is playing in the Super Bowl a week from Sunday. Here was Cam Newton 
going in on what I think is one of the biggest on-field topics because of the Super Bowl. What exactly is Brock Purdy? I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? T- Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Man, look, I ain't recanting shit. Though. And if you really <laughs> want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Parity is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is yes. he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. yes. But he's still the 10th best player on this team. I don't disagree with his assessment of Brock Purdy. I think compared to some of the other things that have been said about Brock Purdy, 10th on that team is is probably a form of a compliment. I disagree with the notion that your quarterback, like you're only a game changer as a quarterback if you're the best player right. on your offense. Well, like that's just silly. I think honestly, the whole the whole problem is that like as I've listened to this saga of him, you know, calling guys game managers and then defending himself there, it really all does come down to uh, like an argument about the definition of game manager. Yep. And I think he's he's deciding to take a bit of a different definition of game manager. And like in his mind, it's almost like you're either MVP caliber or you're a game manager. Where I think for the most part, most people look at game manager as a guy that's almost like um, like a, a backup who's forced into a playing role. Or just a very... Um, an average or mediocre quarterback. Sure. I think most people look at game managers. I right, this guy's he's an average quarterback, but in the right circumstance with a really good rushing offense and everything, and not turning the ball. That's over. That's a big one. Yep. Yeah. That's like a big I like one. trend. I like honestly. This is where he's got to be honest with himself. He's arguing about the definition of game manager because I think if you call Trent Dilfer a game manager, I don't think anybody would be saying no. He's not a game manager. You know, it's like right. okay, if you're setting the bar at Trent Dilfer. Brock Purdy's better than Trent Dilfer no doubt by about a long it. shot. No doubt about like it. Like a long shot. That's where, like, just the, nobody's saying that you, and I don't know if anybody claims that Cam Newton called him trash. He just, he right. called him a game manager, which is actually, but he's, say he's not elite, fine, but he's not a game manager. Right. Six. Um, let's hit this Sean Payton one here real quick. Um, this is where it starts to get fun. Tony Pauline, who is a noted draft expert, I believe, um, Reported earlier this week, the Broncos want to trade up for top quarterback prospect Caleb Williams. Drake May and Jaden Daniels are also possibilities. The team does not want to trade cornerback Patrick Sertan, but may, if needed, quote, as a last result to secure one of the top passers, end quote. So here we are, a year in, and it looks like, if this is true, Sean Payton starting to maybe, Seth, get what he wants. Russell Wilson out of the building, eventually. Yeah. And let's get a young quarterback and let's build and, you know, other – if Sertan's included in the deal, other areas be – it's like throwing DJ Moore into the deal for um, for for Carolina. Just, hey, let's throw an elite player in the deal. Got to get it done. If, indeed, this is true that they're going to move up. They finished 8-9 and nine this year, so there's a ways to move up for that. They got a ways to move up to get one of these they guys. They got a ways to move up. Yeah, you're right. They they were, like, too mediocre for their own good, I Absolutely. guess. Uh, they they game-managed their way to a, a worse <laughs> for sure. draft spot. Yeah. I, I just – I'm more – I don't care as much about what happens with the Denver Broncos. I am really fascinated by what happens with Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, A, just exactly how much pain is – 
Denver willing to endure to get rid of him? And then B, like, where does he go and like, like, and basically be a game manager for somebody? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It's uh, and, and I know people are going to point out some of Russell Wilson's stats. It's he was. Sean Payton was a very good quarterback manager with Russell Wilson. They had to, like, they did a, like, I, like, I was very, very critical of Sean Payton for various reasons this last offseason. I thought he did a hell of a job with Russell Wilson in tailoring the offense to him, but it limited the offense in a lot of respects. Payton did a hell of a job getting the most out of Russell Wilson, but there was a reason that they hated each other. But, well, or at least it, it seems like, it seems like Sean Payton hated Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right again. Yep. Yeah. Seven. Seven. All right, uh, we heard Jerry Jones earlier this week say that the uh, Cowboys are going all in for 24, which is, feels weird bringing back Mike McCarthy and saying you're all in. Micah Parsons, who is he's coming up pretty soon here on you know making some decisions potentially. I imagine the franchise tag would be in play for Micah eventually, but um, but on you know what his future is going to be, he's intimated somewhat jokingly at times that he could be going to other places. His brother sure is vocal. Um, on his podcast, Micah Parsons said that sitting here and talking about going all in, that's what I would hope for. I'm 24 years old. I've been in the league three years. I've seen it all. I hope we go all in. I hope we go out and get the players we're missing because we didn't do that this year. I hope we challenge ourselves to become better and become greater. That's going to be really interesting, Seth, because I don't know that the Cowboys – I mean, the Cowboys have a quarterback who has a $59 million cap hit right now. Like, I don't know – with a lot of elite players on this team, and they got to pay C.D. Lamb, and they've got other yeah. things they need to do. I don't know what the Cowboys' maneuverability is to go get these resources that Micah Parsons wants so bad. Well, and, uh, the other the other angle people were taking with this was that that was Micah Parsons basically saying that you know the players on the team weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time with that just because that's a, I can remember I remember uh, the first time I realized the reality of the world. It was my freshman year football banquet in college uh the athletic director got up and gave a talk about how it all starts with recruiting and we gotta you gotta really we gotta up our up our efforts in recruiting and you guys are really gonna be a part of that and the kid next to me chris muldowney who's kind of a really funny old cynical dude was kind of like so basically what he's telling you seth is that you guys just aren't cutting it. We need better players than you. We need better. You guys need to do a better job bringing in better players than you guys. I'm like, oh yeah, he is saying that, isn't he? All right, I mean, that's the way of the world, you know. You just as long as you're not one of the guys that they feel they need to replace, then so be it. Yeah. Um. And so people have been acting like Micah Parsons was blaming his teammates by saying that. Like, ah, I, I, I can't go there. That's just the reality. Yeah, more good football players is always a good. Yeah, thing. they were good enough. They, I mean, they got yeah. blown out at home in the divisional round of the playoffs yeah. by the by the Green Bay Packers. Eight. All right, let's carry, we'll carry this one in the next segment because we're a little bit over here. Um, Travis Kelsey, the topic that won't go away. Travis Kelsey, Justin Tucker. I I was split on this one when it was going down, the, all the, the pregame dust-up between the Ravens and the Chiefs. This is the final sales pitch that may have pushed me over the edge on who, I, who I've opted. If I'm a judge in a boxing match, who am I opting with for the, uh, for the knockout punch here? That is next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Travis Kelsey. We didn't get to this in the uh, in the 8 at 8. Um this was the this was the uh, the argument for me. If I'm sitting there and I'm a judge and I'm listening to arguments from both sides, who is to blame for the dust up before the AFC title game where Justin Tucker, Ravens kicker, is warming up on the goal line uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs as they were going through their warm ups? This has been a well documented issue between these two. I've I had yet to make my assessment and judge who wins this thing. And uh, to be clear, like when this video first emerged, there were a whole lot of people that were like, ah, these guys are just having fun. Well, it came out. It was pretty, pretty definitively. They were not just having fun. It was a genuine confrontation, genuine confrontation. And then the, the like, and maybe a, I don't know why it maybe the algorithm curated these tweets to me. I saw more tweets of. I can't believe that Kelsey and Mahomes are treating this kicker this way. You know, they're bullying. There's a bullying yeah. element going on. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Like look, look at the yeah, look at the like. look at the varsity football players bullying the poor soccer player over the here. soccer player. Right. right. Yeah. Like uh, like the soccer team's getting kicked off the field because yep. the football t- uh, team needs to practice. So Mahomes made his argument on six ten sports radio in Kansas City a couple of days ago, somewhat persuasive. But I always get lost just listening to Mahomes and how his voice sounds and not what he's saying. Travis Kelsey. Now, I thought this was on his podcast. You mentioned earlier. Is this on McAfee? Was he on McAfee yesterday? Or was he? He was. He was? Okay, so this is from McAfee. Kelsey was on McAfee. Got you. Okay, so it's not from his New Heights podcast. Here we go. Travis Kelsey. Well, it might be, but but he was also on McAfee. Got you. Okay. Oh, no. I'm guessing this was on his podcast because he swears in it. He, He swears, and also I thought I heard Jason Kelsey's voice at the end. Nevertheless, here's Travis Kelsey. We're warming up, and we do our same warm-up every single time on our side of the field. For those of you that don't know what happens in pregames, the Ravens have their side of the field, and the Chiefs have our side of the field. Now, specialists, because of like the win factor and yeah, they go to where both you sides are, they get, they get a chance to kick at, at both field goals and kind of punt from both sides of the field. But it's always, if you're, if you're trying to go on to the other team's designated area, you kind of stay out of their way. You know, you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on. That is the unwritten rule. That's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a f- about it, you keep your helmet and your football and your f- kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping. Eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. But like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you. All right, I um, that's 100% on the New Heights podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for one, although Jason Kelsey does sound a little bit like Pat McAfee. Well, that's why, yeah, when you said McAfee earlier, I'm like, yeah, it could have been McAfee. He's got kind of that gravelly yeah. voice thing going on. Either way, um, my vote is in favor of 
The judge has put his gavel down. Kansas City Chiefs, they're in the right on this one. Yep. Justin Tucker's in the wrong on this one. No, and that's, uh, yeah, that is pretty much how it goes. If you ever get there for warm-ups and you see the specialists will be out there, but they're kind of maneuvering around and they're doing their little thing and uh, whatever. And uh, it, 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 it makes sense. Now, Kelsey... Kelsey showed a bit of aggression when he did. I mean, he went over and he picked it up and he threw it over and everything. There wasn't like they had a, you know, a, a talking to or anything like that. But whatever. I get it. I, I find myself at times now, even though Travis Kelsey has always annoyed me, uh, we're at the point where it's just impossible to deny what an incredible duo these two are. <laughs> so yeah. I, and I also, Kelsey was, Travis, he was really good on SNL. That always, that always wins me over. When a guy can be good on SNL, I'm like, all right, as much as I thought he was cheesy in the past, he was like genuinely funny on SNL. Yeah. And he did some good things. So I, uh, regardless of any other, any other issues that people have with Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift or anything like that, he's, I, I, I've started to kind of get one over to him, but it still annoys the hell out of me when he celebrates it. It's time. funny because as you pointed out, the, the, you know, there's, there's sports fans that are definitely worked up about Taylor Swift. I agree yeah. with what you're saying is that sports fans that are worked up about her are kind of conflating Travis Kelsey into the whole ball of wax here with her. Yeah, yeah. I think similarly, maybe like similarly, but the opposite emotion, I and I know this because my daughter is one of them, the Swifties love Travis Kelsey because right, she right. is associated with something they love yeah. Taylor Swift. And uh and uh, like and understandably so, but I do think that you know Colin Coward yesterday had a big speech about um how ridiculous it was that people didn't like Taylor Swift. And I would just I would just caution everybody that um I would caution everybody to remember that this was Colin Swift talking about human beings and human behavior. Uh he is awful at it. He just generally likes to uh, like make vast generalizations about why people act the way they do yeah. and assume that everybody has the same motivations always. Yeah. So in his mind, if you don't like Taylor Swift being on the broadcast, then it's because you're a hollow and lonely little uh, pathetic dude, and uh, that's, your, that's your issue. And then he points out that only 0.3% of the broadcast is dedicated to Taylor Swift, all of that stuff. I, I would say... There is another avenue, which is also that there are a lot of people that dislike Travis Kelsey intensely and have been long before Taylor Swift, long before vaccinations, long before any, the Kansas City Chiefs used to dislike uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's okay. Don't let Colin Coward shame you or politicize your dislike for Travis Kelsey and everything involved in it. That point three percent of the that point three percent of the broadcast that Taylor Swift is on often is attached to another 0.3% of the broadcast, which is Travis Kelsey making a huge play. Yeah. So, like, you you marry those two things together, and, yeah, mm. you tend to associate one oh. with the other. And people just, like, they don't like one. They yeah. don't like seeing any part of Travis Kelsey's happiness. It's Pavlov's dogs but, all over again. You're associating the bell with yeah, the food. Yeah. yeah. Except in a negative way. Right, right, it's right. Just, like, that's just human nature. That's sports. So, I like, it's, you. you're okay. It's a, You're allowed to dislike Travis Kelsey and everything surrounding Travis Kelsey. As people have long before Pfizer endorsements or anything else like that, long before Taylor Swift, it's not, it's, it doesn't have to be all about, it doesn't have to be all about whatever Colin Coward does, has decided this week. This is another thing, because Swifties now are lusting after Colin Coward. They're absolutely oh, lusting after Colin Coward. Good move Coward by Coward. Stuck up, good stuck move. up for Taylor Swift. Well, good move for him now. I would, I would advise all Swifties, 
Stick around a while. <laughs> Colin has a Colin has a way of mysteriously <laughs> flopping and flipping on his takes uh, that uh, will never be acknowledged or anything. He'll just change right. his take one day, gotta, and you might find yourself on the different end of the Colin. Now Coward I got to ask my daughter if she likes Colin Cowherd. I got to text. Oh, her Oh, she's probably got a poster of him. A <laughs> shirtless Colin not. Coward poster. She better not. There are all these uh, Swifties I was seeing yesterday after his. He he, he had his little diatribe about him. And uh, in in the mentions, like so many, so many women are like, "Oh, Silver Fox! Oh, look at this guy! Um, Who's this? Who's this, Colin Coward? Silver Fox! Who's this thirst trap? Always jealous. I'll never be called a Silver Fox. I have no hair. It's uh, it's it's too bad. Um, we got a text message here. Have y'all discussed the weird tension between new guy Pat and Show? Okay, so the text is talking about Patrick Creighton, who is. new to the station. He worked here before about a decade ago, but he's back doing nights with Sean Bajani, Area 45. You can hear it starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Have you all discussed the weird tension between New Guy Pat and show? It was a little awkward last night. Maybe it was just silliness. I couldn't tell. That's from Irwin. I didn't hear it, Seth. I didn't hear the the, the tension between the two of them. Um, Yeah. So I can't speak to it as to whether or not it was just silliness. Now, I do know that Patrick Creighton butchered the pronunciation of Ron's last name at one point on Monday night because this audio clip was on our was on the show audio from the drive yesterday. Right? Hey, you know what? There's a little less of me this time around, so. <laughs> a lot less of you. A lot less of you, man. You're looking good these days, my man. Dude, it is a freaking grind. You know, when all those things, like, I know you, like, you hear, like, Soda Weight Loss, and you hear Sean Pendergast and Ron Hewley uh, talk about, you know, all the weight that they've lost on, on Soda Weight Loss. Yeah. Ron is, Hewley. Okay. Is, is Hewley. Is Hewley a big enough butchering of Ron's last name for it to cause tension and awkwardness between the two of them? I don't think so. Ron, I don't think it is Ron, either. Ron Hewley doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Right. I think he, uh, yeah. If uh, Hewley... Hewley uh, is going to at least appreciate that Pat Patrick Craigton uh, is, uh, knows Crichton. that there's a G in there. Knows yeah. that there's a G in there, yeah. and he's visualizing. He's visualizing the. Uh, yeah, he just thinks that the silent G. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of hoping that, for tension between the shows. That would be a fun way to get Area 45 kicked off to have heat with the show before them. You know who got? I think this is a, actually. I think it might have all started between Josh Innes and me, and the fact that uh, I used to. I used to call him Josh Inez, and I just didn't really think anything of it. And he corrected me a couple times, and I never even heard it. I never even heard the distinction or anything. I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. Right, Josh Inez. <laughs> and so there was some. I think Josh so Inez said, like, I think there was always something in it that he carried around in him that uh, at some point it was going to boil over and, <laughs> and it did. into a, a big argument on Radio Row. Yeah. In Minneapolis. <laughs> That's what it was. Brandy finally pointed it out to me. She's like, Seth, his, his name's Inez, not Inez. I'm like, oh, huh? Inez is better. You get a little bit of flair to it. I was going to say, Sounds like you might cool. be a little bit Hispanic A little or Latino, you know? yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it if I were him. Yeah. I would think about changing it, actually. Um, okay, yeah. I, I think, uh, by the way, though, Ron, uh, excuse me, not Ron, uh, Patrick does, you can hear... Uh, you can hear when guys are skinnier on the air. You yeah. can hear it in their voice. He sounds skinnier. He is skinnier. Everything's a little bit crisper. He yeah. enunciates differently. So good move by him. I'm sure for the longer lifespan and all that, but especially for your radio career. No, looks- it's, uh, it just sounds like a more youthful version of uh, Patrick. Well, and he, I, mean, and he, I can tell you, when you have a schedule like he's going to have, he's going to need to – you got to have that energy, man. You got, you got that night show. You got kids like he has, too. He's got teenage, college-age kids. You got to be thinner. You got to be a little sleeker for that. 
Um, so yeah, move. can't speak to the tension between the two of them. Uh, well, maybe what was the argument? Was, there was tension at the toss. Somebody I, claims. I guess. I guess, but I don't even know if there's a toss because they're doing best of now during the six o'clock hour with Texans radio off the air for on their pre Super Bowl hiatus every year. Oh, okay. so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, if either of you are listening, Patrick or Ron. Text in. Text in and do it on a group text with both of you so that we can hash out whatever tension is going on between you. I'm happy to be the therapist in all this. Somebody said that instead of a silver fox, you could just be called a hairless fox. I, yeah, I could. I could. I could. Bald fox. Like, uh, just, you know, like those hairless cats that mm-hmm. are just so attractive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Head to toe, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, the Astros, we're just a couple weeks away from pitchers and catchers. I don't know that I'm waiting for another big move. I think the Josh Hader signing had Astro fans really thirsty for more big moves by the Astros. Maybe it happens, but there's an article that lays out exactly, exactly why Jim Crane operates the way that he does. We will have that for you next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sports Radio 610 presents... Pain and Pendergast. I'm trying to start something between all the shows, saying they're saying stuff about us. That's not true. They didn't call me a naked mole rat. And by the way, they, if they, they said I talk like my tongue is fat, they said that about you. That's what they said. <laughs> mm. That's what they're saying. Uh, people don't realize the naked mole rat is one of the most badass creatures on the face of the earth. You know what it takes to kill a naked mole rat? Really? An apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Is that true? Read up on them. Yeah, yeah. The naked is it a mole or is it a rat? It's a it's, it's a it's a combo of a mole rat. I don't know, but it's I just read I've read about it before. It's a badass creature. It's really hard you know to kill them. We were talking earlier about you and the AI assessment of what your personality is. Yeah. Somebody had one of me that I don't know if I agree with. We can get to it at the end of this segment. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. They, yeah, this assessment of me yesterday was a I thought a little I I don't know, a little disrespectful. We'll see. Um, so I, I'm I'm uh, I'm doing my you know normal floating through the internet on an afternoon just on a breeze you know feather on a breeze thing look clicking on articles and whatnot and I see CBSSports.com MLB's five most untradeable contracts and I'm like oh I'm gonna click on this because I wonder if like Jose Abreu's contract is on there or Rafael Montero's contract is on there I wonder because those were two really underperforming contracts last year. And you start to realize once you click on the article just how conditioned, at least I realize how conditioned I've been to what a bad contract looks like in an Astros universe and what a bad contract looks like out on those streets out there. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And and you start to realize like, oh yeah, this is what Jim Crane's worried about. Yeah, 
Bingo. It's a boy. Wow. A bad baseball contract is a bad baseball contract. Bingo. And, and, and for example, number five on the list was Javi Baez, who signed with the Tigers back in the same offseason when Carlos Correa left to go to Minnesota. And so remember the big talk that offseason was, could Jeremy Pena be the guy or do they need to be in on one of these other shortstops that's not Correa yeah. that might come a little cheaper than Correa? And Javi Baez, six years, $140 million on a per-year basis, did come in cheaper than Correa was. But he's been horrible, horrible for the Tigers. And they have four years, $98 million left over on this deal. You know what I mean? And that's the fifth worst one. Like, I'll just go through these rapid fire. Chris Bryant signed with Colorado. And Chris Bryant was really good with the Cubs. I'm sure the Rockies are getting thinking, boy, we stick him out here in this mountain air. This is going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, he's got a 233 batting average since he became a Colorado Rocky. He's got five years, $131 million <laughs> remaining on his yeah. deal. Remaining yeah. on, on his deal. Three more, real quick. Giancarlo Stanton has been. We biz- could spend all day on this one. Yeah. You have to go real quick through Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. I mean, he, they've got. The original contract was 13 years, $325 million. All yeah. The way, all the way back in 2014. So the Marlins paid a bunch of that. Yeah. They- but he's got four years, 128 left on his deal, and he looks washed. Four years, 128 remaining. Miami's responsible for 30 million of that. Okay. But that's $100 million over the next four Yippee. years. So 25 million on average per year. It, it, like on, on your baseball team that you're paying, as you also just paid another 30 year old um, a boatload of money. It, like an Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge presumably is going to be good for a while longer, but still. Probably not on the back half of the contract. Yeah, more likely than not, not going to be worth that money. It's, um, it's a, it's a, at some point. I mean, all these teams have done the calculations, and they know that they're, you know, they're they're figuring that the luxury tax will outpace it to some degree, the competitive balance tax. Yeah. But it can only inflation can only take care of so much, man. Sure. I don't know. Sure, I, I, I understand. Jim Crane. Oh, the other ones, Anthony Rendon. Yeah, three. He's and got Stephen. He, yeah. yeah, just the numbers real quick. He's got three years, $114 million left. And Steven Strasburg, whose career is over because of arm trouble, uh, he's got they, they still owe him $105 million in Washington. His original contract was seven years, $245 million. A month after they won the World Series. They got swept this up is, in that World Series pixie dust. Yeah. It's where, like, as a, as a sports owner, I the way I've always tried to think about it is that a good sports owner has to be kind of like a good parent. When it comes to finances, is that or or anything else that parenting involves, where you have to withhold, you have to be withholding of your children. And in in sports ownership, the children are the fans because we want lots, we want everything, we want all the candy, we want all the vacations to Disney World, we want a car when we're sixteen, we want all these things. And as a parent, you have to say like, listen, this doesn't really fit with a how we want to raise you and b our long term financial goals. Yep. Some of these owners. Or they're like the Murdoch family there in Georgia, the the redheaded murderers there on Netflix. They're right. like, I, I remember watching. I'm watching the Murdoch family, the first part of that documentary, and I'm like, man, these guys live a lifestyle. This is fun. They're off on vacations in the Caribbean and everything yeah. all the time. They got this big compound and a jet, uh, their own airplane and all that. Not a jet, but their own airplanes. And I'm like, man, I gotta, man, screw them. They're, these people who, by this point, I obviously know have murdered somebody. I'm still like, oh, they're better parents than I am. Yeah. And then you find out along the way, like, oh, oh, the lawyer was 
plundering his own law firm and yep. misappropriating money, uh, potentially killing the maid for the insurance policy right. he took out on her, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Like, oh, okay. They're not actually good parents. Uh, a lot of these teams are the Murdoch family. Yeah. They're uh, they're murdering their maids for the insurance policy, um, and their kids think they're awesome for it until all of a sudden one day it all comes crashing down. Into yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> morbid but i like the analogy it's a it's a rough watch that murdoch family man is it just like oh just a lot of detestable people in that family it's on it's on net they have the thing it's on netflix one on netflix and one on uh, there's one on another say yeah it was one of those multi-documentary scenarios have you seen um american nightmare yet on netflix i don't think so it's it's three episodes it's a quick watch they're 45 minutes each i didn't know about this couple apparently it was huge news back in 2015 yeah. But it was a couple that got kidnapped. Or no, no. Look, there was a couple that, that uh, somebody broke into their house at night, kidnapped the woman, and they thought it was a gone girl type of thing where the guy was had actually killed her and she you know, and, and buried her body somewhere. But well, she, she, I don't want to be a spoiler alert. That's not quite the gone girl situation. Well, I'm going to yeah, get to okay. this. She ends you. up coming back. Okay. She ends oh, up coming okay. back from her kidnapping, but they didn't believe her story about getting kidnapped. They thought she was staging her own death and then so coming back from it. they thought she staged her death. Yeah, okay. yeah oh, and then boy. coming back Don't tell from me it. anymore. Now I'm intrigued. I won't. It's really good. It's a true story and it, with a lot of footage from the news and things like that. I'm guessing Brandy's already watched this. It's like when, I go away on, when I go away on trips, she watches pretty much all of Netflix. Find out. I would, I'd yeah. be curious to get her thoughts on it if she liked it. Just a thumbs up or a thumbs down on it. Ruin Netflix for me because there's nothing I can watch. Right. They're like, you want to watch this? No, I'll watch it already. Yeah. Hey, did you... Um, Let me Brent- go do some charity work brandy um bregman's got a new salsa out is that what i'm seeing here that's right that's right everybody What's get ready it? it's a spirited salsa okay why do they call it spirited because it's got spirits in it it's got alcohol in it huh it's got um i don't remember where i put this in the rundown it's right here time, it's uh, 843 bregman has a new booze fueled salsa oh yeah right there i was and actually looking right at it Jesus, <laughs> it's a slow sports news right now <laughs> uh bregman and his wife reagan launched a new southwest food brand they're calling wild soul okay spelled s-o-l okay. uh it's got tequila and uh mezcal in it but the, it, that's cooked out the alcohol's yeah. out of it it's not like a it's not like a hard salsa something that I just thought would be kind of cool actually. <laughs> um, ben, look up and see if there's anything as a hard salsa and right. whether Sean and I should put it in our book of business. Something ideas. we can get drunk on. Just not we don't want a little alcohol flavor. We want to be able to get It'd be like jello shots yeah. but healthier. Right, right. Because of the antioxidants. And tomatoes, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, have you had Bregman's salsa? I did a while ago. Yeah. I think it was it was good. It was okay. I don't know. Yeah, it was okay. I'm uh I'm kind of salsa is the one thing that I don't. I actually prefer the jarred stuff better than fresh salsa. Mm-hmm. There's another thing, Brandy, and I disagree about Netflix and fresh salsa. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe I gotta I gotta hit the Bregman salsa up a little bit more I, than I have. I dude, been. I'm totally cool with the assembly line salsa, like the like the yeah. the Tostitos one. It's kind of goopy yeah. and stuff. I like that. I like the texture. Yeah. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. You can come at me, bros. Right, right I don't like your right. fresh salsa. Right. It tastes too much like eating healthy, okay? <laughs> I don't need that on my Tex-Mex. Yes. 
Um, now, okay, but if I'm going to like, okay, but if I'm going to an actual taco place, then obviously it's different. Again, right. I'm just thinking about sitting around at home. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, someone saying, Sean, you're perfect the way you are. You look like Stone Cold Steve Austin's twin baby. This, I, this is a oh. person countering that I'm the naked mole rat. Okay, so as far as the AI assessments of personality, yeah. uh, the AI had said that Sean Pendergast was friendly, but be careful because Here, he it. might I, I, actually... I, I, let me read it. Yeah. Uh, that Sean is not the quickest decision maker, and his friendly attitude could be misleading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, uh, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that Do or not, but it wasn't a very... you think my friendly attitude is misleading at all? I think that people... I think one of our listeners said... What they're saying is don't mistake his kindness for weakness. Okay, I like that. I think that might be, especially since this is geared more towards a, uh, like, this is if a business client was using AI to assess you, yeah. this is what they would get back. Right. They're, they're seeing, like, oh, okay, don't mistake his kindness for weakness. This is a, he's a shrewd operator. Yeah, he's not some affable guy who's just going to go along with whatever it is you want. Yeah. I, I like that better than he's a phony. Because when totally. I read that, you said, so you're Jack Easterby, basically, is what they're saying. Yeah. Because remember, because the next sentence was that I can accept limited risks, ones that they think will not impact me directly. <laughs> yeah, like you're the one, you're AO, you're the guy, you're the guy that's kind of looking side to side hey. and then stepping out of the way before everybody gets hit by the train. Hey, yeah. hey, you know who that is? That's Bill O'Brien, the general manager. He's willing to accept the risk, but yeah, I'm not going to he be here. Yeah, I ain't going to be damn. around. To, I, it's not really. I mean, it's risky. I might lose my job and get paid ten million a year for the next few years to do nothing. But work for you know Nick what? Saban, but uh, you know the real fallout. That's going to be for my guy Nick Casario to clean up. One of our one of our listeners had said that the description they had for you actually does meet a lot of the criteria for uh, like a CEO personality. Yeah, you're damn type, right it does. Which yeah. is a pretty small percentage of the population or what have you. But I'm thinking about my brother who's been a CEO of a couple. Um, He's an actual things. CEO. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and some honestly, radio honk saying he could be one. The, the one part about like Dan's always had like Dan was a mischievous kid. Yeah. Like Dan. Dan was like Dan didn't pay attention to school until he got to college, and all of a sudden, like he like he went from a guy that was always like just doing enough to get by um, to stay eligible in high school. He got to college, and all of a sudden, he was dean's list, yeah, like every every semester. But when he was in high school, he's got a bit of a he's mischievous, but he always had a knack for being the guy who didn't get in trouble. Like, just kind of knew exactly when to step away from the situation. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, like to a really annoying degree. And uh, to a younger brother who like was was sometimes the guy that was it, getting in trouble, yeah, yeah. So that's you, that's you. You and my brother would be do fine together, just hanging out and getting other people. in Yeah, trouble. and people mistake that for being like a survival instinct. No, man, that's a get ahead in the world instinct. You ain't just survive. Your brother ain't just surviving. He knows, you know, he knows how to get ahead. So that's yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel cool. You put me in the same category with him, huh? An actual CEO. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you um, on a uh, on a Thursday. Um, a former Texans quarterback has a lot of love for the current Texans quarterback. Like, big-time, top-of-the-league kind of love. And we've got that for you coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.